Are you a sneakerhead? A baller? Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets and on the court. Here's your host, Jamel Cutler. edition of Kicks and Bricks. Today we have the man who revolutionized the stretch four position, future NBA Hall of Famer and NBA champion, Dirk Nowitzki, in his pre-recorded interview. All right, so um, just talk about how has being retired been to you? Yeah, it's been good. It's been everything uh, I dream of. Um, you know, traveled a lot with the kids this summer and, you know, just spending lots of time with the family. Um, been, it's been fun. We were in Europe for almost two months this summer and took the kids to all different uh, family members all across the world. And, uh, and I went to China for the FIBA World Cup and, uh, and I had to go back to Germany here in October. So I've been, uh, I've been busy, been traveling and enjoying, uh, of course, time with the family and, you know, just uh, enjoying not having the uh, pressure of working out, always eating right when, when I travel. And so, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. All right, so um, what do you do every day now since you're retired and you don't have to worry about pregame and shoot-arounds and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, so when I'm home, I, uh, you know, I either we have an office with the, with the foundation. I'll go by a little bit or, uh, you know, just uh, we had our charity event in September, the big, uh, big uh, fundraiser which is a tennis tournament, so uh, we had obviously tons of organizations do for that. And uh, so just, just being more involved on a day-to-day basis, uh, for sure, on the, on the foundation work. And then, of course, like I said, on the family and kids' life. And, you know, there's events at the kids' school every other day. And uh, just, uh, you know, having some fun here and there, trying to work out a little bit, uh, uh, still staying somewhat of, uh, of a decent shape. And... Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been busy, uh, more busy than I thought uh, retirement would be. I thought you know for six months I'm gonna just lay on the on the couch and watch Netflix, but uh, that actually never happened. So it's been it's been fun, but it's been busy. Do you miss the game at all? Well, I didn't this summer. You know, since we traveled so much, as we had a blast with the family and the kids. But uh, but now, of course. It's a little different now that the season started. I'm I'm home and I'm watching them on TV. Watching, uh, I think I've only missed one or two games so far. Other than that, I've pretty much watched all the Mavs games. It's weird. It's weird not being there now. It's weird not uh, not going every day, not having that routine. Uh, it's it's definitely different and something I'll have to get used to. Um, and I'm sure that's going to take you uh, a while. I mean, if you've done something for for over 20 years, you know, it's just uh, you. I think it's normal to miss it. But uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, definitely some of that routine is missing. But like I said, I'll try to stay busy and uh, want to keep traveling 
with the kids uh, and just you know expose them to different cultures and languages and uh, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll get my mind off of basketball some. I forget which outlet Kobe had a recent interview with. The person asked him if he was guaranteed a ring, would he come back for another season? So I would like to pose the same question to you. Well, not with any NBA team. Uh, but if you can guarantee it with the Mavs, oh man, I might have to come back and uh, and put the put the boots back on. But uh, definitely not with any NBA team. You know, that's obviously not. What I want to do, I wanted to stay with the Mavs and here in Dallas and make it work. Um, so if, you, if the question is with any team, I say no. If you ask if if the Mavs can guarantee one if I come back, then uh, oof, that would be a tough one to pass up on. All right. So like last season, you was like a mentor to Luca and Porzingis. Like when you was up and coming during your earlier NBA days, who was like a mentor to you early on in the Dallas locker room? Well, I was lucky, you know, I had Steve Nash and Michael Finley. I always credit those two with uh, with everything, really, helped me, uh, getting adjusted off the floor as well, you know. Uh, it was important that I just don't sit around and think of home and get homesick. They were there. They were taking me out to dinners on the road. We were going to movies. Uh, and just, you know, kept me busy off the floor and, and really made me feel comfortable. So I can't, I can't thank these two guys enough. And, and of course, also on the court, uh, how they helped me and Steve and Mike were always uh, supporting me and, and running over, making sure I was okay on the court. And we worked out together, trying to get better together. So, you know, those two had a huge influence on my life, on my career. Um, so those those two definitely always credit with, uh, with helping me get started here in Dallas. Can you talk about, like, how people or the media perceive European players back then, did that have like a psychological effect on the way you approach the game as a young player? Well, you know, it was different then. It was different then. Uh, so we only had what tw a little over 20 players in the league at the time, and uh, now you know we have what 150 international players. So. It's, it was definitely a different time. Uh, I do like to credit, you know, like a Kukoc and a Schrempf and, you know, a Petrovic and Divas. Those guys kind of obviously paved, paved the way for me, in a sense, to come in and sort of have it a little easier. But I think now it's even easier for an international player to come in. For me, it was still sort of tough. Of course, the European was, was soft, and uh, well, I kind of fit that label. I was tall, like a shoot. Uh, didn't wasn't really a muscly body, so I didn't really like to bang on the inside. So I kind of fit the perfect <coughs> description of, of a Euro back then. But you know, I just try to show toughness every day. Um, you know, try to play every game, try to play the right way. You know, I just try to show mental toughness and play when I, well, when I was sick, and I just always try to be there for a team. And I was never the big rah-rah guy or, or, you know, come in, hold the big or, you know, get everybody toughened, uh, toughened up. So, um, or, you know, play tough in there. That wasn't my, my thing. But I, show, I try to show mental toughness, and, um, and, uh, and that's what I do. And, and then obviously it played in my hands or in, in the international players' hands that the rules started changing. You know, it used to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one and, you know, backing down. And, you know, people took like 15 dribbles all the way to under the basket, and that was tough for me. So I was kind of at the right time. 
they put in the five second back down rule. Then a couple of years later, they put in the zone. And you know, all that, all those changes, um, the league was changing, and they t- took away some of the hand checking and and the fouls. And so, I think that kind of worked, obviously, perfect for me. I was I was playing more of a face up game, more a movement game. Um, and so uh, the, the changing of the rules was kind of perfect and fit right under my hands. So uh, I got in the league right right around that time when the league was starting to change. And that change, of course, helped me in my career. All right. So like throughout your like throughout your early career, like Steve Nash was mainly your point guard. And like later in your career, Jason Kidd became your point guard. Can you talk about like the biggest difference between the two of them and how they perceived the game and how they viewed the game? Well, they're both, I mean, of course, Hall of Famers. I went last year to watch them both go in, and what a, what a amazing um, time for, for both and their families, and I'm extremely happy and stood close with, close with both. And uh, they're both great people, and they're really what, great competitors. You know, they're, they're both, uh, you know, they're, they're unbelievably competitive in everything they do, and, you know, you could just sometimes, I saw that early when they come and they'd have a practice and we'd scrimmage a little bit. And, you know, sometimes in practice you don't really have it, but then sometimes some, somebody would talk a little trash or whatever, and next thing you know, they would just turn it on. So both of them uh, were, were extremely, extremely competitive. You know, obviously, Kid was a little better of an all-around player. He's a bigger body, bigger rebound, better rebounder. Uh, you know, basically a triple double threat any night. Uh, and, and Nashi, of course, was a little better shooter, especially off the dribble, those pull ups, those runners. Um, so Jake Kidd was basically more of a standstill shooting three or, uh, or all the way to the basket. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, Nashi had all the, the in between games, the runners, and, and both were unbelievable passes. I mean, we all know that. I mean, they're, they're some of the best passing point guards that this league has seen. Uh, and, and uh, pushing the ball in the break, giving the ball up ahead, uh, and they're speeding the game up and, and making their teammates better. So they're both of them were, were two of the best to ever do it. And, and the difference would just be Nash would be is obviously a little smaller and would be a little better shooter. But you know, Kid was a bigger body, better defender, better rebounder, and and, um, and just you know a better all around player. Um, but, I mean, it's, uh, they were both a pleasure a pleasure to play with. And, uh, you know, I, of course, value what they brought to this team, to the city, but also value their friendship. All right, can you talk about, like, the impact the original Big Three in Dallas had with yourself, uh, Michael Finley, and um, Steve Nash? Yeah, it was a fun time. You know, we were, uh, you know, we were just starting to get good. The 90s were, were tough for, for Dallas Mavericks. A lot of losing, and uh, you know, we just uh, at that point we we wanted to turn everything around, and we started to get better. Our first year was was tough. I think we only won. Oh, it was a short year, but we only won 20 or 19 games out of 50. And then the following year, I think we were we were almost 500. I think we finished with 40 wins. Um, so we we could see the improvement, and and we could see the excitement. The city was getting better more, and. You know, then Cuban bought uh, the team in my end of my second year. He brought on Rodman. I remember that, and it, that created a huge hype here. And um, so, you know, it was a fun time to be a be a Dallas Maverick, to be part of the change, uh, part of change of the culture, and and Mark buying the team, and really, you know, 
started staying in nice hotels, bought a new plane, uh, built a new arena for us, and just really, you know, started to, to put Dallas basketball back on the map and the Mavericks back on the map. So uh, I always loved looking back in those times. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a great time. And, you know, I always remember my third year, that uh, was the first time we made the playoffs, and we ended up being Utah. After being down 2-0, we came back, and first round back then was still best of five. Um, so we lost the first two, and we ended up winning, beating Utah on their floor with Carl Malone and Stockton in game five. Um, after almost being down 20, I think, in the fourth. So those memories I'll always have and I'll always cherish with that team uh, and with those guys, and we still have the bond for, for of course, the rest of our lives. Um, do you think like that 2003 team was like the most complete team that you ever played with? Pre, uh, yeah, I mean we've had some 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 great teams in my obviously 2021 years. I mean we won what 11 11 years in a row. We won 50 plus games. Uh, that's of course a great stretch. And so we've we've had some great teams along there. I always wish, of course, the 03 team with Van Exel and. And me and Nashi and Finn, we all would have stayed healthy, you know, where we were in the Western Conference Finals against uh, against uh, San Antonio. And uh, we won game one. We stole game one in San Antonio. We lost game two. And then in game three here at home, I uh, sprained my knee. Ginobili kind of uh, fell under my knee from the side. And uh, rest, I missed the rest of the series. So that's, uh, that's always, of course, in our minds, what if, what would have happened. We still took him to, what, six games, and we were up in game six here at home to force the game seven. So uh, that's, uh, that's always tough to look back, and I love that team. I still love, obviously, Van Exel and some of these guys. Um, so that was an amazing team. But, you know, in 06, with Chet and Devin and Tampa went to the finals and had a shot. We're up 2-0 in the finals. And, and then, of course, the championship team in 11, which which was a perfect mix of, of veterans. Um, so, yeah, overall, there's, there's been some great, great years and great teams in that 11-year stretch where we won 50-plus games. All right, so, like, you won your first MVP with, um, I think, Avery Johnson was coaching. And, like, did he do anything different from Nelly that helped elevate your game even more? Yeah, I think he pushed me in other areas. You know, with, with Nelly, uh, was, he was Nelly was an offensive genius. We all know that um, the way uh, the way he looked for mismatches and made mismatches work. That was amazing. But I think when Avery took over, he wanted he challenged me in other areas. Not only offense, not only shooting. He wanted me to post up more, be more effective around the rim on nights where the shots not falling, drive, post up, get to the free throw line, slow the game down for us, um, and just little things like that. Rebound a little better, uh, help on the defensive glass, uh, be a better defender on pick and rolls. You know, go out and show or whatever the case may be. Switch sometimes. You know, on the post, be a little stronger, and uh, you know, mix in fronts and and, and you know. I, just got a little tougher all around. I got a little tougher-minded, uh, played a little stronger, a little tougher, and uh, and uh, really was was good for my for my all-around game. I think he's like I said, he just pushed me to be a better all-around player in other areas than just shooting the ball. Right, so like that season, you guys were upset by Golden State in the playoffs. Like, did that um, disappointment kind of like propel you into like 
prefer the beast mode, like just to go out there and kill? In 06 was rough. Uh, up to all against the Miami Heat in the finals, and we ended up losing. And then the next year, we won what 67 games. Um, we were number one seed, and we lose to the eight seed. Um, we were at the time the first eight seed to lose uh, in a game uh, seven game series. So, yeah, there was of course those two years back to back were devastating. I mean, almost soul crushing. You know, you have these high hopes and. You have good teams, and you think you're going to win a championship, and then uh, you end the season on, on huge disappointment. So, of course, uh, those were those were devastating, those losses. And uh, at the end of the day, I always credit those two years, though, with with pushing me, uh, pushing me to work harder and uh, making me mentally tougher and, and just, uh, you know, just really motivated me to, to, to become even better and a better player and work harder and, always say maybe in 2011 I wouldn't have been that closer, that finisher that we needed um, if if 06 and 07 don't happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's as it was super brutal and super tough to go through those times, um, I try to keep my head up and try to stay positive and try to keep working. And eventually, uh, you know, that helped me in, uh, in 2011. Did your career feel vindicated after you won that championship in 2011? Yeah, I mean, it's always, it's, it's super tough, uh, tough question, because, you know, I know Charles doesn't have one, uh, and, and Pat Ewing and all these guys, and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, Charles is one of my idols, so to me, he's not much of a lesser player because he didn't win a championship. He happens to run into Michael Jordan in the finals at the time, and, and MJ was, of course, the GOAT. So, you know, I can't hold that against Charles. He was he was an amazing player, one of the best to ever play that power forward spot. You know, it's just uh, so I can't really hold him uh, that he doesn't have a championship against him. But I do get, of course, the notion when uh, we it's just a team sport and the ultimate you know thing is to win the championship. So it definitely uh, helped my career here, of course, in Dallas. People, uh, of course, not all of them were believers that, uh, that I could I could get the job done. And, and same with probably with some of the national media and, and fans uh, they didn't think I had it all to, to bring this team to a championship or that you can't win a championship with me as, as, a, as a best player. And I'm, I'm sure I heard those rumors. And, and so to me, of course, that was a little satisfying to, to show that, that, uh, that we could do that uh, with the setup that we had. And uh, of course that, uh, that was, you know, that, that's part of the, the, the satisfaction that when you, when you fight through some stuff and, you come up short all the time, and then all of a sudden you reach your goal. I mean, it's, uh, it was an, uh, an amazing, an amazing feeling. All right, so, like, later on in your career, did, like, being the franchise player for so long start to, like, physically affect your body, especially as you got older? Yeah, I mean, you know, the last couple of years were, of course, tough. I mean, you know, it's like, like with everything, um, you work extremely hard, and every summer I played for the national team. I mean, literally there in my 20s, I didn't take one summer off. I played basically national team from 99, I think, all the way to 2008. So that's that's 10 summers straight uh, that I've played some sort of national team and worked hard. And then, of course, a long, long season with plus playoffs every year. And 
Um, of course, you know, it takes a toll, but it, I think at the end, you just, you're, you're smart. You're smarter, you learn, you experience, and, and you know what your body needs. You know, you might come in the gym one day in your mid-30s, you know, like, and you talk to the trainers, and you're just like, hey, today I might not have it as much. You know, let me sit today, but tomorrow I'll work a little harder again. And I just think you're in constant communication with, with trainers, with coaches, uh, to get the max out of your body, and you kind of you listen, you learn to listen to your body more, and uh, you know it's just so in that. And then you put in a lot of work outside of the court. You stretch a lot, you lift a lot more. You know, when you're in your 20s, basically you shoot for two, three hours a day, and and that's it. And 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 then my 30s, I started to learn more about lifting, more about diet, and. So it's it's a whole obviously uh, whole whole thing you do uh, in your when you're older and you still want to play efficient basketball at your older age you have to do all that you have to do the extra work you have to be in the training training room early to get ready for practices and you can't just you know show up and phone roll for two minutes and then start practice it's just not that's just not how it works anymore when you're older you know you need to put the work in outside the court and you need to take care of your body and 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 to me, I did all that stuff, and I still had the, I still had the, the drive the, the, to play and then compete on a high level, and that's why I, I played for for such a long time. All right. So, like after after all of that, like was it hard for you to look in the mirror and accept the fact, like you know, you gave it your all, 19 years, um, multiple time All Star, MVP, NBA champion. Was it hard for you to accept that the ride was coming to an end? No, I think I was fine with it. Um, you know, after, yeah, this this year was a little tough. Um, my 21st season, yeah, that was a little tough now. Um, you know, just because, uh, you know, it's uh, you, you've done something for so long. Uh, and, and that's what I... Of course, was a little emotional there the last week. I know coming in, this was going to be my last week, my last home game. I'll never forget, you know, those five idols showing up with Barkley and and everybody. That was uh, that was amazing. Um, and so I'll never forget the last home game. And then, of course, my last game of my career was in San Antonio, where everything started. Um, and you know, they played an unbelievable tribute tribute video to me right before the jump, and I was super emotional there. So. It was just, uh, yeah, the, the last couple of weeks leading up to it, of course, were emotional, you know, knowing this was being the last time in this arena and that arena. And, and so, yeah, it was a tough time, but I'm, uh, I was ready for it. My, I don't think my body could have done another season. So I'm, I'm kind of happy that, it, that it's over, and I'm happy that it was a long and great run. And uh, now, like I said, I'm moving on to uh, to other things and um, family, family first for sure. All right, so, like, when you enter the Hall of Fame in a couple of years, like, how do you want Dirk Nowitzki, the basketball player and the man, to be remembered? Well, great question. You know, as a basketball player, of course, a big guy that sort of helped change the game at the right time, you know, uh, a big guy that can... They can spread the floor and shoot and, uh, and of course, um, you know, help his team and... Um, you know, eventually win the championship, and um, you know that's on the court. And, you know, a big guy that can move and, and play off the bounce and uh, and try to play all around game. 
And I mean, off the court, yeah, I mean, you know, try to stay, I'm the laid back guy off the court, um, you know, always try to make a difference in, in this community as well. And, you know, I try to have an impact. I think that was important to me since, uh, since Dallas and the community gave me so much my first couple of years, all the support that I've gotten. Uh, I wanted to be loyal back to the city. I want to give back to the city, to this community. So that's why I found a much, my, um, a foundation in 2001. I've been supporting some amazing, amazing projects here in the area. So uh, that, that was always important to me, you know, off off the floor, uh, be be part of the community, um, you know, help the community get better, and uh, and and on the court, just a big guy who can shoot and uh, make plays. All right, um, can you tell me about your foundation a little bit? Yeah, so we founded that in 2001, and uh, you know, we uh, we helped basically kids projects, kids charities in the area that uh, that support kids' uh, well-being and education and health. And so, um, yeah, we, we basically uh, take grants all year long from all these great, great charities and foundations here around the area. And then uh, at the end of the year, uh, we usually do one fundraiser, which is the tennis thing I, I, I mentioned earlier. Uh, we create funds, and then at the end of the year, we, we spread them out over amazing um, projects uh, in the area. And, um, so that's, uh, yeah, we've been doing that for uh, for a long, long time. And um, so we're, uh, you know, that's something I'm going to keep doing for sure after my career is philanthropy. I also have a, uh, a foundation in Germany uh, where we do sort of the same thing. My sister is running it in Germany, and my wife is running it here in uh, in, in Dallas. So, yeah, that's for sure. Philanthropy work is something I'm going to keep doing uh, way, way after my career. All right. So, like, if you can go back in time, do you think and told your younger self the type of person that you became and the man that you became in your community in Dallas, would your younger self, like, believe you? Well, you know, the younger self is, uh, yeah, I mean, that would have been tough, you know, even to say say to myself, hey, you would have played, you would play 21 years, I would have, obviously at 20 years old, just trying to hang on and try to make it somehow in this league, I would have said, you're crazy, and so I was, of course, in a fortunate situation that I was able to play that long and able to, you know, get all the support for so long from this community, and so for me, yeah, uh, it was easy to to be part here and now live here. This is my home now and I'm part of this community. And uh, so, yeah, it would have been hard to believe if you would have told me 20 years ago that I was, was going to play 21 seasons and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a street named after you, uh, which was obviously two weeks ago, which was an amazing, amazing honor for me uh, to stand there. And now I look up by the arena and it says Nowitzki Way. I mean, I would have never, never dreamed of anything like that. So... Yeah, like I said, it's been a special ride. It's been a special ride, and I enjoyed every minute of it.